If you take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 1 this morning, James chapter 1, almost to the end of the New Testament. As we take time this morning to consider our ministry or ministries to the fatherless and the needy among the children in our country and our world. Here's another example, as was the Isaiah 1 reading, of why we reach out to children. James chapter 1, starting with the 19th verse. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. It's a great statement. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Ever do that? He says a man, but I know that happens to women too. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one, oneself from being polluted by the world. Wow. When James summarizes true religion or the right relationship with God, as he intends it, he includes the care of orphans and widows in their distress as part of what we're supposed to be about, as part of what we're supposed to be doing. Interesting. Puts it pretty high up on the priority list of the lives that we're supposed to be leading, that we're supposed to be looking out for the children that are in need, that are in distress. One of the things that we did as a church in starting Midway Community Church is we wanted to partner even from the beginning with other ministries that can do things better than we can do without them. One of those ministries that came along, I think after about seven or eight years of us being a church, was the one that Mark highlighted before we prayed for our offering this morning. Um, Haiti Christian Development Fund, um, formerly led by Jean and Joy Thomas. And one of, the, one of the reasons that we were excited about partnering with them is because they help take care of needy kids. 
Now, they're a long way from here in Haiti. I mean, it's not that, that considering the whole world, it's not that far, but they're a long way from here. But it's still good for us to participate in a ministry, to support a ministry that helps take care of needy kids in places like Haiti. Others, other of our ministries are also involved in that, ministries that we partner with, helping take care of kids that are in need. Even some of, of the local ministries that we support, like The Place and North Fulton Charities, are also involved in helping meet the needs of, of kids in distress, of children going through difficult times. But then another way that Midway Community Church has been involved in taking care of orphans and, and needy children is through foster care and adoption. I didn't realize it, and I, I knew it, but I didn't think about it. I didn't realize how many of us have been involved formerly, I mean, f- not formerly, former, formally, yes. Although it was former too. Um, but a lot of us have been involved in that. And so this morning, as we think about the importance Again, as I mentioned before, along with lots of other churches, not only in our area, but around the country, as we think about the importance of looking after um, needy kids, how many of you have ever participated in our, in our annual um, grocery purchasing for the kids of the, of the Georgia Baptist Children's Home? Anybody ever participated in that? Yeah, a lot. Again, another way that we help kids in need. But we have a lot of of our brothers and sisters here at Midway who have participated in this ministry and through them, you also, through your encouragement to them, through, to us, um, has been incredible and life-changing for the kids that the Lord has allowed us uh, to be foster parents of or to be adoptive parents of. And so this morning, I've asked most all the ones that I could, could, that I knew about, and I know there are others, and so you can participate also if, if, if you haven't let me know that. But I've asked most of our adoptive parents to, and, and a few siblings as well, to share one blessing and one challenge that they faced as adoptive or foster parents. Now understand this, those who are going to be sharing about foster parenting um, are also adoptive parents. Um, but in one case, the Nichols they've barely entered into the adoptive parent thing. They're only like a month into it. So we're not going to, we don't care what they say about adoption. All right. But, but we are going to listen to what you say about fostering because we know there are extra challenges in that. And so I'm going to pass the mic for just a moment. And uh, you guys were supposed to sit over here, but you're okay here. All right. All right. We're going to start with John Cozes, and when you get the mic, stand up and face the, okay. the uh, congregation, please. Thank you. I do want to read one quick little scripture, is that okay? Well, that's breaking the rules, but go ahead. <laughs> Everybody can't do this, all right? Only John now. All right. This is the Amy mic. Well, there you go. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the burden, brethren in the Lord, have become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Well, that was Paul talking in prison. But the point is there's good things and hard things. Amen. Right? Doing service for the Lord is not always easy. There's many of blessings. 
but just like uh, many ways you can serve, adoption can be, can be hard. It's, right. it's a new person coming in your family. It breaks family dynamics. You learn. It creates much humility in yourself. Uh, but it can be a blessing, too, to see, you know, this JB, our son, who we adopted, um, a happy boy who many of you know, like just a wonderful child um, who gets a whole new opportunity. And it's a blessing to see him grow and flourish and the friends he's made and things that he can become uh, because of adoption. But it all really comes down to Christ and his calling, as you said, to, to care for those. And um, we've done the best we can so far, and there's still lots of work we need to do on ourselves, but it's a, it's a great thing. Your story's not over. No, nope. go for a long time. Thank you, John. Pass the mic on to Amy. Or Amy, you're not playing? Okay. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Dan conveniently lost his voice, so... <laughs> okay, we have not been foster care parents for very long, almost two years, and we've only had one placement, and she ended up being a forever placement, so that was really exciting. Uh, Betsy came to us when she was three days old, and so a huge blessing that we have is that um, we were able to provide a safe place for her. Um, and a loving place, and we were able to share Jesus, even though she didn't really talk much, but we were still able to share that, um, which has been a huge blessing. And obviously the main blessing is that she's a Nichols. <laughs> That's been the main blessing. Um, challenge is, gosh, a lot of challenges. We didn't know um, a lot about foster care. Uh, I would say for us, we didn't have a relationship with the bio mom at all, so just all we could do was pray for her, and we still do. And then the, um, the other part, the other challenge, I don't like to talk in front of adults, I only talk in front of kids. <laughs> the other challenge is just not knowing what's going on, never knowing what's going on. And for me, who likes to know what's going on and likes to have an opinion on what's going on, that the Lord really stretched me. And I knew that going into it, but not exactly what that would look like. And so we've had to fully rely on God for knowing what her future was going to be. It, if it was with us, great. If it wasn't, we just had to trust God. So we hope to continue fostering, but we're going to take a break. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, my name's Missy, and our family's fostered for the last, I don't know, nine years, but not straight, because that would be sound really impressive, I guess. <laughs> but um, we uh, have loved getting to know children that are not our own, that come from hard places. And honestly, the biggest blessing for me is I've learned how much perseverance um, they, have, they have that God has given them. I also am blessed to be in, have relationships with most of the families. Um, and I don't think that would happen on the regular in my life. So, yeah. Um, so one thing that I found really hard was like not taking um, taking on my foster siblings uh, struggles and traumas um, and another thing is saying goodbye because I felt like as soon as we got to know them they'd have to leave and so that was just really hard for me thank you you're done yeah thank you thank you hi um I'm from the perspective of an international adoption and actually being a widow. Um, so how God gives and he takes away. So in my case, he took away my husband and then he gave me so much more. Um, so we have, I had two kids that were five and six when I was widowed. 
And then God gave us, we expected two, but we ended up with five from Guatemala. And it just is amazing how God gives us the ability to expand our capacity to love. And that's the blessing. Even though I'm crying, it should be a blessing. I'm really happy. Um, The hard thing for us with the international adoption was actually the biggest challenge was the paperwork. And I think we would probably have about three or four more kids if the paperwork wasn't so hard. Um, So that was the challenge. Very good. You pass it on to Robert. Thank you. Hi, I'm Robert. Uh, We have adopted internationally as well. Uh, Three kids, two from China and one from uh, Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Thank you, William. Uh, (laughs) My wife, Amy, and I. So uh, I'm going to speak to the hardest part. And honestly, it's just dealing with the... uh, no, the, the lack of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, the feeling of inadequacy in dealing with the trauma that your kids have and just knowing that God is enough. And I got the easy part, the, the good thing. Um, the biggest blessing is that we get to be the ones that are their family and I get to be their mama. And um, we get the front row to everything that God is doing in them and through them. And, um, there's just something really beautiful to be on your knees every day, praying for things that there's absolutely no way that you and your flesh can achieve and to get to be the one that sees God do it. And, um, we're the, we're lucky. We're the lucky ones. So Amy, would you mind sharing specifically the, the great blessing of what's happened in Laura's life? Sure. Thank oh you. Dean just wants me to cry. <laughs> um, so we adopted Laura Kate um, when she was 16 months, and um, she's from China. Um, she's seven years old now. She came to us uh, with an open palate, uh, roof of her mouth, and um, she couldn't hear anything. Um, cause she'd been having ear infections that were untreated and, um, she had a lot of scar tissue in her ears. So she was deaf and, um, didn't speak mostly just cried, uh, for like a year. So, um, so she came home and, um, everybody just said she will never, um, she will never hear. She will never talk. Um, when she started trying to talk about two years after coming home, it was, you'll never be under able to understand what your daughter is saying. Um, there was just too much trauma. There's too much damage. There's nothing we can do. And, um, so we just prayed and we told all the people who said she will never, that they were never going to be a part of her story. And, um, the Lord blessed us with people who came alongside us and said she can do whatever the Lord wants her to do. And um, she speaks. She's understood by most people. <laughs> she kind of sometimes sounds like a Cinderella's little mice friends, but she's gorgeous and um, she is the bravest person that I know. And I am so lucky to be her mom. And how many of us have been spoken to by her smile? Amen. Thank you, Amy. John? Hi, John and Terry Davidson. Um, I'm going to ask you, 
you know, there, there, as, as we reflected on this question, really three, three answers came to mind. Uh, you want to describe the, the difficulty from, from our perspective as the adopting parents? So we um, chose to adopt domestically, and um, the challenges mostly with that are that um, it's a very expensive emotional roller coaster. I mean, it's scary, it's exciting, but yeah. And, and what about, um, as we reflected later on, and I think we, we, uh, we respected that there were difficulties for the, the birth mother in, involved in both of our, our children's adoptions. So both of those precious ladies had um, both chosen to have abortions, and they made the very difficult choice. Um, God's hand was just in it that they made the very difficult choice to bring our children um, into the world and to let us become their mom and daddy. And, and we had been praying for them well before we knew who they were going to be. And, uh, and God literally delivered uh, two wonderful children, uh, AJ and Savannah. Um, but the, the, the real blessing, and, and this is, there's a long story behind this, but the short story, the, the blessing in, in it all may not be what you think, but. We don't really understand why the Lord knit um, our family together the way that he did. Um, we don't know why we had to have that journey. But what we do know is that God knows us, the Bible says, um, before we're even created. And so he knew before um, creation that those children have always been our children. And we don't know why we had to have them the way that we do. We don't know why our family had to be formed the way that it was. But what we do know is that those children were always our children. And not maybe when they were, when they were, AJ was two, we had forgotten that they were adopted. They were, they were just a part of our lives. And, you know, many people never even think that, no, your children are adopted, really? Because we didn't do this, uh, we did it domestically. But um, God, God delivered, and, uh, you know, he, he is the creator of, of miracles. And, you know, both our children, we believe, are miracles like everybody's. But uh, Great. Could thank you. you, John. Could you pass on to William back there? Thank you. I'm all thrown off now because AJ looks so much like John. I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Anyways, um, as far as like being a sibling, of, I got it easy. I, I really can't think of a negative. Um, maybe that's tribute to Sammy, but um, all the hardships have been on his end, really. Um, just as far as the positives, you know, he feels exactly like my sibling and just watching him grow up, get married. Yeah, no negatives here. Well, I actually was not going to say anything because <laughs> I have a different little story. And uh, the, the difficulties for me were actually the first 18 years of Sam's life. They were the hardest, some of the very hardest in my whole life. Um, and then I would be so remiss if I didn't say anything to show God's great power and awesomeness in changing Sam. Sam is one of the joys 
of my life now. We are so close, and I could not think of my life without Sam. Now, if y'all would have asked me that years back, I'd have been like, yeah, no, that's not the case. It was not the case. But I'm so thankful that I had to walk through that those 18 years to get one of the joys of my life. And it and now I can say it was all worth it. And Joe, are you playing? <laughs> Joe got volunteered by Terry who's working in the preschool this morning. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Sure. The uh during having difficulties of our own, actually having children, and then the uh, blessing of an adoption. It's uh, such a joy in your heart. There are, there, we had difficulties having our own and then through the adoption process. But then when we received a daughter who was just the biggest joy of her life, a few months later, Terry was uh, pregnant, which was a greater joy. So it doubled at that point, and now we have six grandsons, which has just compounded the joy of it all. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Joe. And now, Rebecca and Sam, would you guys come up here? Sam? Say the best for last. Let's see here. Do you mind holding the mic? Okay. And Sam. It's dead. It's dead. Okay. Okay, that's going to be interesting now. All right. So make sure you can see what we're saying here, okay? I will. <laughs> All right. I've asked Sam and Rebecca to come up as adoptive kids uh, to share the same thing uh, that their parents have just shared. And so, Sam, I'm going to start with you. And he'll be a little less, able, less easy to understand without his cochlear working right now, but he'll do okay. All right. Could you share one of the challenges um, that's been for you in adoption? Do I speak? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. So I was born in China, in the village, in 1993. So um, my father, biological father, was deaf and mute. So he can't speak all, no body. So one day, I was believe I don't know what, what happened. So I believe I was trying to walk while I was a baby, while I was two years old. So in Chinese culture, they cook food. It's on a stove underground, not above the ground. So I believe I walk fell over, boiling water. So I got burned all over my legs, my butt, my back. So my father, he got worried and bought all the medicine that you have, but don't have any more money to buy more uh, medicine for mom's burn. So 
He's trying to be looking for help, but nobody help. So he took me to the major city. It was real, like seven, eight hours away. And then he decided to leave me by the government building. And then left me in the back seat. And then he did not come back. And then sometime later, government worker found me in the back seat. And then took me over there and decided what to do with me. So they discussed with police officer and they said to police officer to go find my father. And they can't find my father. So they decided what to do with me. So they said they found one uh, burning department room for me. So they took me over there to give me an operation to try and save me. And they did not give me any drugs um, to help me sleep. So I have a skin graft while I was awake when I was a baby. But thank God that I don't remember any of this pain. But I have a problem, some my psychology, my body surgery. So I keep pulling my hair all my life because of that day. But I don't remember anything, so that's good. So after that, I survived. And the government took me to state openness, which was a real bad place because they didn't like to care of and they kept kids. So a lot of them died, they never heard. But what we later, they got that, he took me out, stand openness, and they took me to Christian openness, where I stayed for three years. Oh, I have great memories in there. Nothing bad, just great memories, because they took care of me from well. Also, I have Brother, sister, who is a cat and the cat like me, so over happens happy memories because I can see the picture. Then one day I saw mom and dad came see me, and I don't know what's happening that day because I'm deaf and mute. I don't have a knowledge that time, and they decided to take me home, and I was very happy. But still, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> and we took me to their home, and I met my back in William, and that's where I realized this is my new family. New family. Yeah. And I'm so blessed how God took care of me since I was born, when I got born. He still carrying me through all of this. It took me to my dad, family, and taught me about him. Now I go up and I'm thankful for all of this happened through a difficult time and good things. And that's how we build a relationship with God and all of these people. So I'm just grateful for this. Amen. Thanks, Sam. Amen. And Rebecca, can you share a, a challenge or two of how it's been for you as an adoptive kid? Um, well, I honestly can't think of any. 
That's awesome. What are some of the blessings? Okay. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. We love you. And thanks for, thanks for, for helping on this. Appreciate it. You guys can, can not be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord. What a blessing to do what the Lord says to do. And to recognize and remember that none of these stories that you've heard today, none of these blessings, none of these challenges happen in a vacuum. All of these stories have happened in the midst of the body of Christ. And so while the, the, the immediate families of the foster care families or the adoptive families are, you know, facing some real challenges and and, and those kind of things, the rest of us remember that they're not in this alone. And as they hear things like Amy was saying, never, 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 that she's got sisters and brothers in Christ that are praying for her to remember, yes, 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 God, God's bigger, God's greater, God can do what we can't imagine him doing. We don't, we don't adopt, we don't care for foster kids in a vacuum. We do it together. And so all of us, whether we personally adopt or not, whether we personally are involved in foster care, we can be involved in caring for these kids in the way that we participate in the lives of these adoptive families and foster families and in the, in the institutions and organizations that are, that are providing these services. There are lots of opportunities to serve foster families in our community without being foster parents sometimes. But by, by learning, being, being qualified and, and, and you know, going through the training or whatever we need to, to participate in helping with the, with the, the circumstances and situations and the, and the parents that are doing it. We can do the same thing informally as brothers and sisters in Christ coming alongside those who are doing these things. And as you heard today, some of the challenges, helping, helping them overcome those challenges with your love and with your help, your care, your clothes, you know, those kinds of things that, that so, many, so many of you are already doing that all of us can participate in, in a certain way in that regard. But what a blessing also to see in having children, in adopting children, in caring for foster children. What a blessing to see the way that God multiplies the love that he has for us and for our children, for each other, over and over and over again. And we reflect when we see our children, when we, when we see them overcome the difficulties that they face, when we overcome them together, we again see the grace of God living out in our, in our very lives. And then we remember that he is expressing that same grace to us as he brings us through the various challenges and struggles of our lives. Because we're, 
Sam's story is all of our story. We, de- we are relying, we are depending. We sang it this morning. We are depending, relying on Jesus Christ to pull us out. And he has promised to do so for all of us who believe. And so this morning, as we close, let's remember God's grace in, in our lives individually. And remember, that grace is extended to every single person who believes. And if you haven't yet put your trust in Christ, he would love to rescue you if you would believe what he has done for you and who he is. The word of God says in John chapter one, verse 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, that's what receiving him means. He gave the right to become children of God. We praise God this morning for adoption and we pray for these families that are involved in it. We'll pray for those who will become and and, and get involved in it and serve and, and, and help each other. But we also pray this morning for any who are here who haven't yet recognized what God has done for them in Jesus Christ. Put your trust in him. Become a part of his, as I think it was Rebecca put it this way, his forever family. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the blessing of being a part of a church who wants to do your word. That that wants to put into practice the things that we read, the things that you've done in our lives. And we thank you for the blessing of allowing us to be a part of foster care and of adoption. Thank you for the teamwork that we experience here in that regard. We thank you for the blessings that you've poured out into our lives through these children that you've provided for us in this very special way. Father, we thank you for all of our kids. We believe they're all special. And we believe that all of our kids, whether from birth or from adoption or from foster care, that all of them remind us of your great love. And so we pray that those who are still grappling with this issue of receiving Jesus Christ, of believing in him as the only way to eternal life, the only way to be forgiven of our sins, and grappling with the idea of needing to be forgiven with our sins. Father, we pray that you would break through their hearts. You'd help them to see that, yes, they need a Savior, and Jesus is the one, the only one. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.